Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Let's get to our guest, Mittal Kutecha. He is a head of uh, EM Strategy at TD Securities, who joins uh, from Singapore. Mittal, uh, thanks for being with us. A lot of focus now on these uh, rising COVID infections in China. To what extent could we see uh, growth really curtailed? I mean, it's un- not likely that we're going to have the growth target met, but I mean, are we going to see much weaker growth on the mainland? Uh, That's a very good question. And I think uh, we've been pushing back for some time about the uh, optimism or against the optimism of reopening. Uh, The fact that uh, COVID cases have been rising for the last few weeks. But on top of that, um, the vaccine uh, worries in the sense that uh, the elderly population in China uh, still not uh, having the booster shots. uh, And then at the same time, some of the concerns about the efficacy of the Chinese vaccines has meant that in any case you'd see a slow opening. And now now the fact that you're seeing a ramp up in COVID cases and uh, in turn more restrictions across China is just adding to that downside risk, as you mentioned, to growth. Now, our forecast has been pretty downbeat anyway, 3.1% GDP growth this year. We do expect some sort of a mechanical improvement in growth uh, next year, largely due to base effects to get us up to about 4.7%. But you know, as you know, this is probably still well below uh, the uh, levels of growth we've seen in China in recent years. So we're not particularly optimistic here. Uh, and it's not just COVID cases. Uh, although there have been some new measures on the property sector, uh, it's still a long way to go before we see recovery there. Exports are slowing down as well. That was a big boost to growth during COVID. So there's not a lot to be optimistic about here. Perhaps infrastructure is the only real big source of support for China's economy at present. Are uh, you tempted to use that word uninvestable? I wouldn't say that. Look, I think there's always a price. And I think China's uh, asset markets have come under a lot of pressure in recent weeks and months. They've underperformed uh, regional markets, which have already been weak anyway. Uh, and so there has been a shift in sentiment towards uh, China equities, particularly in the tech sector. So I wouldn't quite say uninvestable, but I, I still would be quite cautious of jumping back in. Uh, we still need to get some clarity as well in terms of where uh, and what happens in terms of the, the tech sanctions that the U.S. has put into place, uh, as well as other tariffs and talks between President, uh, President Xi and Biden, whether that leads anywhere. But I, I do sense a shift in sentiment from investors towards Chinese assets, despite the worries about growth that are ongoing. And Mittal, I mentioned there the remarks from China's state council about uh, the timely and appropriate use of policy tools that does signal a triple R cut is in the works. Uh, when do you expect to see that? And do you expect anything else to come down the line in terms of support? It could happen uh, fairly soon. I think when you've had this sort of uh, explicit statement, uh, it's more than likely it comes in a matter of days rather than even weeks. Uh, but the question, I guess, is will it be enough? I mean, it's China's shifting towards a more targeted approach to easing 
Uh, we didn't, for example, see any loan prime rate cuts, which is another policy rate. Um, and I think this is partly, again, to avoid any buildup in leverage. So if we do see even a, a 25, 50 basis points maximum cut in the triple R, I don't think it really adds much to the growth picture. Uh, it's not going to be enough to move the needle in our view. Uh, and look, there may be more measures. And we, we have been seeing uh, an array of announcements in recent weeks, in particular aimed towards the property sector and to try and mitigate some of the COVID uh, impact on the economy as well. But again, uh, this is much of the same as what we've been hearing for a long time now. It's just more measures of, on a similar vein. What we're not really seeing is huge amounts of uh, money being put into the property market or in terms of other measures to boost the economy. So I think, again, it doesn't, in our view, is unlikely to move the needle in terms of growth. We still stick to a relatively downbeat assessment going forward. So does that necessarily mean that foreign capital will begin to flow away from China? Given everything that you're saying, it seems like there's not a compelling case to put money to work on the mainland. I think capital, in any case, if you look this year, has been fairly weak in terms of the investment into China. Uh, there has been perhaps more optimism on the equity market, although equity returns have been you know, fairly soft. Uh, but the bond market has seen now around nine months of outflows uh, continually. Uh, and at the same time, foreign direct investment flows have also been quite soft in relative terms. Uh, so again, you know, I think investors already sort of uh, here looking at this and uh, growth picture and I guess some of the other concerns they have and have slowed their investment trajectory towards China. Now, the question is, does it continue next year where you know we, we probably see better conditions globally? If we do see some foring in the relationship with the US, that will also help perhaps a bit more stimulus. So I think the outlook is better next year. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, we've already seen a fairly significant retreat of capital uh, in, in this year. We're seeing a bit of U.S. dollar weakness at the moment, and uh, typically this would make for a bull case for emerging markets. China notwithstanding, are there any parts of emerging Asia that are looking appealing right now? Uh, yes, I, mean, I think a weaker dollar is going to help everyone, really, in Asia in terms of you look at the currency markets, you look at local currency bonds, they've been suffering from a, a strong dollar, um, and also central banks that have had to intervene dramatically in recent months. So I think it will be broadly beneficial but in terms of the growth picture, we do think countries that are more domestically focused, such as India, Indonesia, and perhaps even tourist-driven countries such as Thailand, will benefit more in the coming months from a growth pickup than the trade-driven economies, such as Korea and Taiwan, for example, which uh, have already seen some very sharp weakening in their exports, in part due to China weakness, but also due to impending recessions that are likely in uh, Europe and the U.S. in the months ahead. I want to get your take on a story that is moving on uh, the Bloomberg Terminal uh, very quickly, Mittal. Uh, Bill Ackman, the founder of uh, Pershing Square Capital, saying today that he is betting against the Hong Kong dollar on the notion that the peg with the greenback is going to break. Uh, is he wrong in this trade? Look, I think eventually there'll have to be a shift in the peg. I just don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, and it'll be very gradual. You know, if, if it does break, I mean, there is an argument to say that we see a peg with the RMB. But again, you've got two different financial systems, one country with a capital account that's not convertible. And I still think it's a very long way off. All right. Uh, Mitchell Kotecha, head of emerging market strategy at TD Securities. Thanks so much for joining us with your views. Join Bloomberg in San Francisco or virtually on May 7th for The Future Investor, 
data-powered transformations. This 2024 event series will examine how data is not only playing a pivotal role in investment decisions, but serves as a driving force behind the construction of innovative, investable enterprises. This series is proudly sponsored by Invesco QQQ. Register at BloombergLive.com slash futureinvestor slash radio.